We're going to open up in Hebrews 11, and it says this here. It says, it was by faith that Enoch was taken, this is so powerful, watch this, taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken, he was known as a person who pleased God. And this is important here. This verse 6 says this. And it is impossible to please God without faith. So essentially, this is saying that you don't primarily please God by the things that you do. Um, at least you don't enter the relationship that way. You, you don't say, I'm going to change my life and then come to God. Because we've all tried. I've tried. Like, I, I couldn't change my life before I trusted God. I had to come as I was, undone, a mess, and just say, Lord, do a work, right? And, and from that vantage point, when you come to Christ, you begin to want to live for him. And so you don't come in like, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to open doors. I'm going to, you know, do all these good things. That doesn't please God. What pleases God is what Jesus did for you. And you live from a place of faith. But uh, it says anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. This is important. Uh, One of the first steps in faith is believing that God is real. And Jesus said in John 4, 24, he said, God is spirit. Mm -hmm. So if you want to know Uh, how God is or the image of God. Jesus identified them in one verse. He said, God is spirit. And the word spirit he used there in the Greek is the word pneuma, which represents air or breath. He said, God is... Did anyone see that? No. You didn't see it. You didn't see it. But that's that's what God is. So we we think when we get to heaven, we're going to see a big guy on a big throne with a long beard down to his, you know, no, God's, he's just, he's the light. He's, that, that's God. And so, as a matter of fact, Bible teaches that everything we see was created by that which we cannot see. That's kind of, that's mind-blowing. So, it pleases God when we believe in him because he knows that we can't sense him through our natural senses. And so, it pleases him in that way. And it says this, and then secondly, that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So, God wants you, number one, to believe that he's real. And then number two, to believe that he is a rewarder. So, God gives good things. Last week, we defined the word reward as God is someone who returns something sweet into your life. That's his nature. God is good. He doesn't do good things, just do good things, but he is good. And because he is good, he does good things. It's just who he is. The Bible also says that God is love. And uh, perfect love casts out all fear. So you can pray for anything and, 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 and trust that God is working and that he plans to return something sweet into your life. So number one, he is real. And number two, he's a rewarder. That's how he wants to be known out front. He doesn't want to be known out front as judge, as this cosmic gas that wants to kill all your joy. No, he is real and and he rewards. So, and it says this here, and he rewards those who sincerely, the word here, if you're taking notes, seek means desire him. Those who desire him. And so there are 330, about 30 million people in America right now. And um, 
Right now, there are about 38 out of the 330 million that are qualified to lead us into space. There are 38 Nassau engineers here in America. I mean, think about that. 330 million. And out of that, only 38 are qualified to go into space. Someone say rare breed. Rare breed. It's a rare breed. I think you did the math, and that's like point zero 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 two one point eight something, whatever. But um, and and so you know, I was I was studying. I was thinking, man, they have to have a certain bill of health, um, expertise, education, mentality, and these individuals can leave the earth and go into space. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches that there were two people in the history of mankind that God took while alive. We just read the verse about Enoch, right? Right. While alive, he took them from the earth into heaven, that being Enoch and Elijah. Some would say rare breed. Rare breed. Rare breed. When I first came upon these verses, oh my God. You know, as a young Christian, I'm like, I want some of that. Like, how can I... <laughs> you know what I mean? And so um it's just amazing. So today um I want to talk about how to live like an astronaut. Go ahead and write that down. That's the title of today's message. Live like an astronaut. And for the first two weeks, I've been encouraging you to pray big. Yes. The moon represents the impossible. That which you cannot do without God. And there are some things that are on your heart, on your mind, some things you've written down, some things you're worried about, concerned about, some things you desire that you know only God can do and bring forth in your life. And that represents your moon. And so the first week, you know, go for it. Last week, we said there's a way that you pray. You frame your prayers with the word of God. You can't just pray anything any kind of way. You got to know the Bible. And you, it's almost like reminding God what he's promised you. And that's how he responds. I do it all the time. I say, well, God, you, you said no one will be able to stand against me as long as I live. These people are trying to block me, uh, and he takes care of it. He always does. He's, he's faithful in that way. And so um, it's part of the reason why we had that first egg drop. And they told me, you will not do this in this county. And I said, bet. That's cool. Let me go pray. And we did it in this county. And it was, come on. We did it. We did it in a no-fly zone. Thousands of Easter eggs. So we did it. God does what he wants. All right. So that's why you need to know your word so you know what to pray. And so God can move because people try to stop you. Anyway, and so I want to teach you how to live like an astronaut. Because you can't just pray big without living right. It's a quiet church. Y'all done turned Presbyterian on me. We were halfway Pentecostal during worship, but now y'all, now y'all quiet. It's all good. And so real quick, nothing too deep. Not, well, hopefully it's quick, but nothing too deep. Um, number one, uh, the first way to live like an astronaut is set your mind. You got to set your mind. There are two mentalities that um, are available to us. Like I said, I'll just make it simple. I'm no psychologist, but let's just make it simple. 
there are two mentalities that are available in life. One is the problem mindset. And one is the possibility. And there are those who are persistently stuck in a problems mentality. That person said this about me. Um, I thought that door was going to open and close. This person did this to me. Legitimate, legitimate problems, issues, hard times. I get it. But there are those who, when they go through hard times, they get stuck. And God, what I know about the Lord is that God is a forward moving God. Right? But it's impossible to move forward when we're constantly stuck on our problems and looking back. And so there are those who are stuck. Right now, some of us are really battling with anxiety and depression and sadness because you keep waking up with it, with that thought, and you go to sleep with it. You wake up and you go to sleep and you're stuck. And then there's a possibilities mentality where instead of seeing problems, you see opportunity. Instead of seeing problems, you see growth. Instead of seeing problems, you're already figuring out a way to come up with a solution. You, 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 you know that there are details involved and steps involved and that this giant can fall, but it's just a matter of me working it, praying through it, you know, doing the things I need to do in order to get through it. There are the problem mentality and there's the possibility mentality. And so um, during the time where Kennedy um, told the world that America was going to go to the moon and return safely, um, America didn't have the budget. America did not have the equipment, didn't have the resource. Nassau was working on it, bringing it all together. There's a man by the name of John Hubalt, and he was the chief uh, theoretical engineer on, on the team. And so he was battling with these two ways that America was going to go to the moon. One is called the Earth Orbital Rendezvous. And so the plan was to have multiple ships launch from Earth, go to the moon, assemble together on the moon, and come back to the Earth. And so this plan was going to guarantee that the astronauts were going to be able to return to Earth. He wasn't in favor of that, of the guaranteed plan. He was in favor of the more riskier plan. And this is the lunar orbital rendezvous, where it would assemble on Earth, get to the moon, But it wasn't guaranteed that the astronauts were going to be able to return back to Earth. But he knew that the LOR would work over the EOR. And so with his philosophy and his mentality, he was the driving force of getting us to the moon. He received a lot of criticism, a lot of pushback, a lot of fear, a lot of doubt, a lot of naysayers. But he persisted. And not only did he persist on the possibilities, but we actually ended up during the LOR mode and not doing the ER, EOR mode. And we ended up getting them back safely. He, he said this actually when he was battling with uh, this idea and when he was, he, he said this, with the nature of man being what it is, there appears to be no way to bring people together in a committee fashion and have them agree unanimously when dealing with such unexplored frontiers. What he was saying is, is that we're about to step into something we've never stepped into before. Mm -hmm. And majority of society will say no. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And there are only the few who will say yes. Yeah, come on. This is the nature of who we are and where we have been since Adam. Yes. It's the majority and it's the minority. Now, I just want to help you. If most people are saying no, God is probably saying yes. Yeah, we can clap that up. He's probably saying yes. And this is the problem with the, the problematic mentality. When we just, see, we stay on problems. We stay on the issue. We, we stay on it. Les Brown said these words here. He said that the graveyard is the richest place on earth. Because it is here that you will find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled. The books that were never written. And the songs that were never sung. The inventions that were never shared, the cures that were never discovered, all because someone was too afraid to take that first step. Keep with the problem. So we're not saying you don't have problems, but we're saying that problems aren't king. Your problems are not Christ. They're afraid to keep with the problem or determined to carry out their dream. Problem. So every day, Every day you ought to wake up and say, am I going to be stuck on my problems or am I going to fixate on possibilities? You got to evaluate that because you hate to wake up in five or 10 years and your life had not made any progress because not only are you fixated on your problems, but now you're speaking, you're, you're complaining and, and you're negative and it's dark and it's well, maybe, and I don't know. And that's not for me. And God doesn't have that for me. God can do it for them, but he can't do it for me. And you, you, you do that enough. Your words create your world. In fact, I'll tell you how powerful your words are. Um, um, God created the animals. He brought them to Adam and he said, you name them. And Adam, whatever you call them, that's what I'm going to call them. So whatever you call your life, that's what it will be. Come on, come on. But, but come you're, you're, it starts here. Yes, yes, yes. It starts here. It starts here. I like what I called um, goat quotes. There's this, uh, this language in sports. Um, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm on a mission. I may retire as a pastor to change this in about 40 years or so. But I'm on a mission to get this right. And right now I'm not getting any, any progress. I was in, because uh, it's a big world out there, you know. Um, and I, I, I lost sorely in the, in the barbershop. It was only three of us in there. So, I, I, you know, it was two against one and I couldn't, couldn't convince him. Um, now, there's this term called the GOAT. And, and now we, we put it towards everything. It's so ridiculous. It's like love. I love you. What? That's, it's, no, it's, it's deeper than that. All right. And so the GOAT, please help me out. Maybe I can get a general consensus here. The GOAT stands for greatest of all time. Yes. Greatest connotates one. Yes. Right? The greatest of all time. What's going on in the world right now? As people are saying, he or she is a goat. <laughs> he a goat. What's going on? Maybe we skip English class or a 
goat. A greatest? <clears throat> no, the goat. There's one goat. <clears throat> and y'all can debate me all you want. Um, Tom Brady is the goat. Wow, I don't have a lot of Brady fans in here. He must, he must have broken some Redskins hearts or Washington's football team's hearts. I don't know their names now. Commanders? Commandos? Spent a lot of money to get that copyrighted. Just, just. Anyway, he's the GOAT. And I was thinking how we, we, we spent a lot of money on concerts and clothes and we travel to hotels and, and we go all these different places that these amazing minds have created. And what you're really paying for when you pay your money is you're not paying for the experience of that hotel or the concert or of that speech or of that training. You're not paying for just those things alone. What you're paying for is their capacity to mentally overcome their problems. That's why that ticket is so expensive. Because you can't just think that greatness is you come out and you're great. Everywhere along the journey, there, there was pushback, there was negativity, there was a critic, doors closed, right, people right, said right. they couldn't do it, right. and now you and I, we show up, and we're $500 to be on the front row, and what we're paying for is their mental capacity to overcome their problems. They just stuck with it. As a matter of fact, Tom Brady said this, he said, sometimes in life, the biggest, it's a mentality, the biggest challenges end up being the best things that happen. That's a mentality. But some of us, when we're up against big challenges, we fold. Some of us, when a big challenge comes, we get excited. What's the difference? It's the mentality. Yes, yes. It, it, it's, it's being willing to say, there is an answer. There is a way. I have to make a phone call. I have to pray. I have to call a friend. I have to call the church. I need to read my Bible. I need to call again. I need to call again. I need to study. But I'm going to find a way versus seeing the challenge unfolding. Let me tell you, the children of Israel were in a battle against the Philistines. Philistines. And the Bible says that Goliath stood and defied them and God. He was hurling insults and curse words and all that for 40 days. For a month and a half, their challenge caused them to fold. Because it was a mentality. Right. Yes, come on. Within the first 10 minutes of David hearing about the problem, he was just showing up to drop off some pizza. Uh-huh. Jesse said, hey, go to the front lines, um, see how your brothers are doing. I have cheese and bread for them, his father. So David's like, all right, I'll, I'll wash off because he was watching sheep and I'll leave, leave them with one of my assistants. Okay, dad. He shows up with pizza and he hears Goliath hurling insults. Come, put my quote up, please. He hears Goliath quoting insults. And Within five minutes, he said, oh, I'll take care of it. A shepherd boy. No sword. No armor. 
He has five smooth stones. Yes. And he has a slingshot. And he has the heart of God. And then I also think about, now this is not debatable, especially if you're a basketball head. Oh, I kind of debate myself on this. I actually think Kobe's the GOAT, but Jordan. In, in order for there to be a Kobe, it had to be Jordan. Because they played just alike. And so Jordan was actually cut from his high school basketball team. And then he just kept trying, but Jordan is the GOAT. He said these words. I love what Michael Jordan said. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times, this is so big, I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life. That is why I succeed. It's a mentality. It's a mentality. Yes, it is. I, I remember when we, we launched Highlight. First Sunday was great because more than half the crowd was family. But I forgot that they didn't move here. Right. <laughs> they just visited. So we go from 120 to that next week, kids, volunteers, and guests. 43 people. And that was an empty room. And so you, you, you know, you begin to get those doubts set in. Was this the dumbest decision ever? You run into, we started at church in October. You run into January. I'm a Florida boy. Right. <laughs> that first January. I'm like, this was the dumbest decision we've ever made. Why did I have these people move with us? Yeah. All kinds of insecurities. Right before preaching God's word, it was 14 degrees one Sunday. Yeah. I'm like, ain't nobody coming. <laughs> and then to, to have built it, Come on. you know, year one was awesome. Year two, we were just three years old. We had 500 people at Christmas. COVID comes. The room's empty again. And you're preaching down a barrel. Anno Domini. The way up. Yeah. I mean, you, you got because God told me, he said, son, if you're going to build it, even if it's four of your staff members in here, you better preach like it's 4,000. Mm -hmm. It's a mentality. Yes. Yes. It's a mentality. It's a mentality. It's a mentality. Because as a Christian, the Bible says you don't walk by sight. You walk by faith. That's right. And so my faith was telling me that this room was full. What I saw, Chow, Sam, my wife, Chris on the camera. 4,000 churches died over the past two years. What was the difference? Mentality. Yeah. And the goat, the greatest of all time, said this in Mark 9, 23, Jesus, all things are possible for the one who believes. Can you celebrate that real quick? All things are possible for the one who believes. So I'm so glad Mr. Dr. Hubolt pressed in on that LOR mode because had he not, we wouldn't have went to the moon. 
So next thing I want to encourage you is to be exceptional. So number one, if you're going to go to the moon, um, set your mind. Number two, be exceptional. Be exceptional. So Enoch, here it is, is five generations removed from Adam. And back then, people were living an average of 800, 900 years. And there are multiple reasons for that. Two was, number one, uh, disease was primitive. So not a lot of disease was plaguing the earth. And number two, God did it to populate the earth. And then there are more reasons, but we won't get deeper into that. So he's five generations removed from Adam. And if you go to Genesis and read about Enoch, because there's a reference to him in Hebrews. But if you go back to his story in Genesis in the Old Testament, you'll see where um, Adam, Seth, blah, 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 Enoch. God takes no detours on them. We know what happened with Adam. But everyone between Adam and Enoch, no detours. This person was born to this person. They lived 900 years, nearly 800 years, blah, blah, blah. But God stopped on Enoch. And I believe he took took a detour because Enoch was exceptional. Someone say exceptional. 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 And it also tells us, and this is it too, Enoch lived the shortest life than his predecessors. Right? Which simply means that the length of your life doesn't always equate to quality. Right, right, right. He lived a shorter life, but he had a better life. Come on. And he had a better finish. That's good. Because the concentration of his walk with God was rich. A lot of people say, well, I've been in church for 20 years. Why my life ain't, uh, because you've only been following him, walking with Jesus for two. Right, come on, come on. Versus someone who's been walking with him for real, for real, for 10 You get what I'm saying? They're a lot further along because the concentration of their faith is richer. And and so it says this in Genesis 5, 21 through 24. It says this here. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah, which who would historically be the, the, the oldest man to ever live. So his faith pushed his son Past everyone, it's just, it's so much, right? I, I'm, I'm in Bible study. Oh, verse 22, okay. All right. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years. And he, something happened around here. I got to get my life right. I thought I had a baby. Something happened. And it says this here, for another, and he had other sons and daughters. Verse 23. Enoch lived 365 years, verse 24, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day, he disappeared because God took him. This is what I think happened. I think that Enoch's life was so much like Adam's, like his great-great-great-granddad, like his great 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 granddad, like his great great granddad, like his granddad, like his. I think it was so much like them during his first 65 years. It was dysfunctional. It was messy. Because the Bible says that in this time, sin had increased in the world. And that the Bible says that God thought about mankind and how every thought within their imagination was only evil. Everything they thought about was pure evil. And it says that by, uh, God regretted even creating man. Yeah. 
And it says later on that Noah, but Noah found favor in the eyes of God. So I was studying this too. Because we think favor is just blessings being sprinkled. A blessing here and a, and a blessing there and a, a blessing everywhere. You know, a blessing. We're going to have to do a series on defining favor. Because he found favor and one of the first things he said to Noah was build a boat. Instruction. Build this boat with your hands. And prophesy to the people of the earth that I'm going to destroy the world. Favor? I don't know if I want favor. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole nother message. So, this is what I think happened with Enoch. I think Enoch, watch this guys, discovered the grace of God. Someone say grace. grace. The grace of God. And grace is a gift that you can't work for. In Christ, we have grace. All people, Christians, non-believers, it's a free gift. When you unwrap this gift, if you're taking notes, you find two things. Number one, forgiveness. You find forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. Yes. I don't care who you are, yes. wherever you are in your faith walk, atheist, agnostic, what, look, you need forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. So, so simply put, the word forgiveness means that God had already Partness sin before he even sinned. Before he sinned, God had already forgiven him. And the second gift you find within grace, watch this, is freedom. So God washes all of your sins away, past, present, and future. And then he gives you, as a Christian, the Holy Spirit. Yes. So he gives you the power to walk in freedom and to overcome the residual effects of your past sin. It's going to be a process, but he's given you forgiveness Good. and freedom. Good. I think Enoch looked at his past, found grace, turned to God, and he said, I can either be like everyone else, or I can be exceptional. I can think like everyone else, I can live like everyone else. I can go through the cycles of religion like everyone else. Or I can really have close fellowship with the Father. And, and let me tell you something. God ain't blessing everyone else the way he's blessing the exceptional. These people aren't going to the moon. He's helping them pay their bills. He's blessing the food. But these people, they're different. Someone say be different. be different. They're different. They're exceptional. The word exceptional, write this down, means high caliber. It means greatness. High caliber, greatness. And I believe that every Christian is called to be great. Simply put, Enoch didn't, here it is, didn't abuse his freedom. Come on. Wow. So good. Some of us, God sets us free, and we go back to pre-Methuselah. Wow. Wow. Versus moving on to more freedom. Mm -hmm. 
right? God forgives us, gives us the power of the Holy Spirit. We go back into the world. Paul even says um, that the grace of God extends further than our sin. But then he questions. He says, so does that mean we should continue in sin? He said, for God's sakes, no. God set you free to be exceptional, to be great, not to go back into bondage. This is one of my life verses. I want to pass it on to you. It says this in Galatians 5.1. Here it is. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom. Simply means that I can do whatever I want. You can step into everything that God has for you. The problem is this. We will say, God forgives me so I can stay in my mess. Because if I fall again, if I do it again, he forgives me. Newsflash. God can do a lot more than just forgive your sin. A lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> That's the elementary step. And we got to learn to fall in love with holiness. It's the best kept secret in the world. And, and purity. We can't go back to pre-Methuselah when he's given us freedom. You got you to gotta drop those friends. You got to drop those places. You got to stop, stop trying to dance with the devil and follow God. You, you got you to, gotta, when Elijah was on, in the earth, he asked Israel, he said, how, how long are you going to dance? God has set you free for freedom's sake. So we don't, we be exceptional. It says this in Daniel 6 verse 3. It says, now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. The Bible says that Daniel prayed three times a day. And so this is the way I see it. I don't think Daniel prayed three times a day. Lord, just help me get through serving the king today. Lord, Thank you for the food and bless the hands that prepared it. May it do nourishment to our body in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, just ooh, help me not to cuss this person out today. Those aren't moon prayers. Come on, come on. I, I think Daniel was praying crazy. I don't think. I know. You read the book of Daniel? Crazy prayers. But what he did was he prayed and he also, he prayed it, then he lived it. So he distinguished himself. You can be like everyone. Or you can be exceptional. He distinguished himself. So, so this is what I'm saying. What are you saying, Pastor Josh? I'm saying tomorrow at work, have a good attitude. I'm saying talk different. I'm saying walk different. I'm saying treat people different. I'm saying hit your books like you never hit them before. I'm saying serve the Lord like you've never served him before. I'm saying be different. Because God, put my verse back up please. Because God plans to put you over things. 
You've had a baby. And he needs a father. You've had Methuselah. God has put something on the inside of you. You've birthed a new thing when you've stepped in Christ. You need to step it up. I was brushing my teeth this morning. And I, was, I had a certain um, train of thought. And I was really entertaining it. And now I'm not so surprised because this teaching, like that I was even entertaining this thought. Because it was my flesh, really. The dead part of me that was entertaining it. And the Holy Spirit said this. He said, stop thinking like a child. I'm like, I'm like, dang, Holy Ghost, you're right. I'm really thinking like I'm not 35 up in this piece. <laughs> like the thought I was thinking was like a 15-year-old boy. And so your flesh will always draw you towards that everyone else side. The spirit will say, think different. And be different. Someone say be exceptional. be exceptional. Be exceptional. And then number three, put in the time. Set your mind. Be exceptional. Put in the time. If you're going to pray for it, this is how you live it out. Cognitive psychologists say that the top 500 pieces of art in our recent history, 76 different artists, has taken 10 years to reach significant acclaim. 10 years to reach significant acclaim. These are songs you love, movies you love, pieces of art that are worth millions of dollars. 10 years to reach significant acclaim. Are you willing to put in the time? God gave Abraham a promise. It took 25 years. Talking to everyone, but young people, please lean into this. Because we're being driven by a spirit of rush right now. It's a demonic spirit. That robs you of your peace and of your joy. And you don't know how to be still. And so, 25 years. David, 20 years. Joseph, 13 years. Put in the time. A lot of people always come, and it's, it's the grace of God, but because I'm, I'm standing here, I'm going to use me as an example. A lot of you have said, Pastor, you're so young. You and your wife are so young, blah, blah, blah. The church is growing, da, 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 da. Grace of God. I've walked with the Lord for 16 years. For real, for real. So what you see is 16 years of pain, of tears, of loneliness, of critics, a lack of support, prayer, alone time with God. I'm an old man in the faith. 300 years, 900 years, God took him to heaven. 300 years, the concentration was richer. He was young, but he was focused, and God was pleased. And that's why I say some people will say, I've been walking with God for 20. No, you haven't. You've been in church for 20 years. You've been walking with him for three. Are you willing to put in the time? Put in the time. Put in the time. The Bible says this in Hebrews. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will 
then, someone say then, then. you will receive all that he has promised. Do you need a new job? No. Do you need a new spouse? Unless they're abusive or they've cheated? No. Do you need a spouse? No. Patient endurance is what you need now. The author is saying here, because endurance means patience. He's saying patient patience is what you need now, which simply means to remain under. So whatever you feel like is over you right now, if it's not killing you, if it's not jeopardizing your spiritual, your emotional, your physical health, he's saying stay under it. You need to endure. (laughs) I learned that over the past two years. There was no escaping the lockdowns, COVID. I'm like, God, just... He said, stay under it. Because of what I plan to do down the road. I'm moving. God's saying, I'm moving. Stay under it. It's not killing you. Come on. Come on. They're not hitting you. They're not cheating. They're not lying. You need to have a conversation. That job's not killing you. Stay under it so you can continue to do God's will. It's actually God's will for you to be there. Then you will receive all that he has promised. And if you would set your mind, be exceptional, and put in the time, God will take you to the moon. God will take you to the moon. Go ahead and write that down. God will take you to the moon. I promise he will. When Apollo 11 landed on the moon, Buzz Aldrin and Armstrong got out and they had fun. And you guys always see the pictures on TV and online. Um, Buzz Aldrin, who we get our current day uh, Toy Story superstar from, Buzz Lightyear. He said, I think we ought to take a moment to give thanks in whatever way that you choose. But he said, the way I'm going to do it is through Holy Communion. And so the first meal that was ever taken on the moon was the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. And he said, I'm doing this to remind humanity that the only way that man could have made it to the moon is by the hand of Jesus. By the hand of Jesus. So you walk with God in close fellowship. You've been free for freedom. First Peter 5 says this as we close out. So humble yourselves under the mighty power. You're praying for the moon? Only the power of God can get you there. Under the mighty power of God. And at the right, someone say this, time. time. Someone say time. Time. Oh yeah. He will lift you up in honor.